Hello and welcome to the Jonathan Bell Show. This is a show documenting my journey after quitting my 9 to 5 job to pursue a career as a creative. Thank you for tuning in. How you doing, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Jonathan Bell Show. Today, I have another interview. I have Dennis Sabatier with me. How you doing, Dennis? Doing good, man. Doing good. Oh, well, that's good. Now, Dennis, you're a uh, designer and an illustrator. And uh, how did you get into this? Actually, let me just start off with that. How do I get into this? Um, yeah, I guess we can kind of retrace this all the way back to... I think first grade, man. In first grade, I was, um, I, I was, I think I was just realizing at that time, like how much I, I loved to draw and how much people enjoyed seeing me do it or, or seeing the, the outcome of it. So I think one of my earliest memories was I remember watching Pete's Dragon, the original, the, the, uh, the, the, well, not 2D, but the one with the, the kid and the, and the, uh, the animated dragon, you know, right. and uh, I just remember the teachers let us watch the movie and then ask us to draw a scene from from the movie. And I remember drawing some scene where the kid and the dragon are in a cave or something like that. If I remember correctly, my parents weren't very good about keeping stuff like that, so I don't have I don't have any proof of either this memory. But I just remember that the teachers asked us to do a, a scene each, and eventually. Um, the kids started to see what I was drawing and liked it. And then they asked me if I could draw theirs. And without skipping a beat, I just started drawing other kids' scenes. And then we got caught by the teacher and, and we all got in trouble. So I got in trouble for doing their work and, and they got in trouble for, for having someone else do their work. So <laughs> I, I, I remember I remember that being the moment where I realized that being creative came with a certain level of attention and I think I think every creative has a little bit of narcissism in them you know and I think that's when mine was born um luckily I, I keep mine in check but uh, because I you should always be nice and humble no matter what you do you know but uh from then on from that moment on you know I I just kept drawing I got really into comics and animation and was lucky enough to end up at a school a high school uh, John A. Rowland High School out here in California that had an animation program. It was like revered, like it was one of one of a kind, um, and and you know it was what the school was was mainly known for. It no longer exists, unfortunately, but the founder was there at the time, and so he would encourage us to um, you know pitch an idea, a story idea, you know get get some criticism from your classmates, you know retool your idea and then come back, pitch it again. And then once you get a green light, you can go into producing more your 2D or 3D at the time was clay animation, you know, but you get to start working on your film. So I ended up doing two films. One was a minute long. The other one was like two and a half, maybe three minutes long. And, uh, you know, I won a, an, an LA Student Film Festival award for one of them. And I mean, that's when the bug hit me. You know, I just I just knew then that, um, this is what I wanted to do as far as animation is concerned. Uh, one thing that we had going on there was these really awesome open houses. So we would do like this theme, right? So I remember one year we did like a Disney villain theme. And 
you know, out of cardboard and all kinds of just stuff that you would find at like Home Depot, you know, we just started making up, making all this, um, all these, uh, um, cut out characters from, from Disney movies, you know, villains. So there is plastered all over the place and, and the, the entire front part of our, of our classroom, because we had the biggest classrooms in the entire school was, was it just a big ca- a castle? I mean, it was all, it, it was all cardboard and at every corner you would have a different animator showing their film and people would come from Warner Brothers and Disney to come see the stuff. Chuck Jones was, was there all the time. I mean, some like who's the who's who of, of animation would come to, through our through our doors and um, once I was done at Roland, um, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I, re- I I came to realize much later on that um, the moment that and I was in I was in high school during the '90s and when Toy Story hit, it was it was a big hit. But little did I know that 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 movie was going to change things for me without even knowing it. So as soon as I got out of high school, went to college. Um, to art school, I came out wanting to get into animation, but the animation industry was severely changed because of Toy Story. You know, now Disney and all these other studios were like getting away from 2D animation, which is what I wanted to do because that's where my background was in. And what they wanted to do was 3D. You know, that was more cost effective and, and you know, whatever's popular, whatever's making more money, that's what they tend to go towards. So I distinctly remember driving past the, the, the Disney studios and I remember seeing them throwing out um, uh, light tables. And, um, you know, what light tables are, right? Like those, the, the ones that the old Disney animators or, you know, traditional animators used to work on, you know, to like, they would have a light under the, the, uh, the paper so that you can kind of see your drawings as you're moving them back and forth. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so um, I just remember them throwing out, them throwing out the, the, the light tables and, and they were in stacks. And, and I little did I know that that was like going to change everything for me. Because as soon as I got out of school, um, it was it was so hard to get a job in animation, and so I fell back on, on on graphic design because it was the only thing else that I learned in school. So from that moment on, I realized you know this isn't going to go the way that I envisioned it, and I think that's like one thing that I would impart to um, students and uh, anyone who's just starting out is that. It, it hardly ever works out the way that you want, you know? Most times, you get thrown a curveball and you have to do the best best you can with it. So once I decided that um, animation was going to have to wait, I went into, um, you know, doing a lot more graphic design work. And little by little, you know, I started to get jobs here and there that would allow me to, to flex my, uh, my, my design skills. And so I didn't know that at the time, but it actually was kind of a godsend because... I was able to kind of, um, in, in the years that followed, become a jack of all trades. So, anytime I would co- encounter a client, you know, you they would uh, they would approach you about a certain skill, and then once you're working on that or about to uh, finish it up, sometimes they'd mention s- some other need they had, and they were wondering if if I knew someone who could do, you know, logo design or, you know, do some sort of like uh, do some like uh, UI design, you know, for a website. And most times I'd say, oh, yeah, you know, I can, I can do that, too. But that was all because, you know, what I envisioned back in college didn't work out the way that that, it, that I was hoping for. So it kind of really worked out in, in that way. And uh, now, you know, it's 20 years later. I, in June, it'll be 20 years since I got out of school, out of art school. And, 
yeah, it's it's been it's been very very interesting. It's definitely been a, a learning experience, man. So you make most of your money then doing freelance work. You know what? Actually, I I, I am a full time art director and also and also do freelance work. Oh, so how, I, how is it balancing I, the two? To, I'm sorry. How is it balancing the two? Yeah, you know that's the thing. That's that's one thing that got me into a little trouble. You know, around this time last year is that. I was doing way too much. So not only was I doing my, my, my regular gig of art directing, but I was also doing illustration on the side. I was doing gallery shows. I mean, anything that came my way, I was quick to say yes to it because I just wanted to do everything. And that's one thing I learned last year is that you can seriously burn yourself out creatively and just personally. Like you can get to a point where you, you have absolutely no balance. And that's one thing that, not just as a creative person, but just as a person in general, someone who interacts with their family and friends, that, that's one thing you absolutely need. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm 100% since last year, but I'm definitely a lot better because I, I, I ended up saying no to a lot of things that have come my way just for the sake of keeping my health, you know, and keeping my sanity. So, you know, being married and having a four-year-old boy, um, I realized that, my my time is is really valuable, and I need to be able to distribute that time in a much better in a much better way. And so I feel like I have a better balance of it. But uh, um, it's interesting. I, you know, I feel like sometimes people say like they'll say, "Well, how do you do? You know, design during the day and then illustration and all this other stuff at night." And I go, "Well, the way I illustrate it is I'm kind of Clark Kent during the day and Superman at night." So. <laughs> As much as I like Clark Kent, you know, who doesn't want to be Superman? So all the fun stuff is the stuff I get to do after hours. And, and that's the stuff that kind of gives me a little more satisfaction. And in a way, it makes the day job feel a little, feel, feel much more manageable because you get to do a little bit of everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. So are you planning on trying to transition full-time then with your with uh, doing commissions and such, freelance work? Well, yeah, you're, you know what, that's interesting you asked me that because I have been thinking about it. I, I, I did have a long streak of being on my own. Um, I, I think I had a good four or five years that I was working for myself. And, um, you know, this all came, again, talking about how life throws you curveballs, you know. It's, it's back in 2008 when, when we had that housing the housing crash, uh, that, that severely affected a lot of people, including myself. And, um, you know, I ended up losing my job not too long after that. And that changed everything. Once I lost my job and I was not able to find any uh, steady work, that's when I decided, you know, it's time, it's time to do things different. Because if I was going to try to get a job just like everybody else was, I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels, man. I'm not, I'm not doing anything different, you know? Right. So I realized in, I can't keep doing what everyone else is doing, so let me let me switch things up. And so, very much like I I I pulled a Madonna, you know, I kind of reinvented myself, and that's when I went from being strictly a designer and became an illustrator. And most people now know me more as an illustrator, which is funny. But uh, once I was on my own, I was able to um, create a different 
avenue of work for myself, and, and it was not easy, not not one bit. It was absolutely difficult, and there were some moments that I, I would feel absolutely defeated, but, um, you know, luckily, with the help of my wife and, and her support, I was able to push on through, but uh, coming on the other side, um, I was able to, I was offered a position um, doing what I do now, so I've been there for a few years, and I've been able to balance, for the most part, with a little hiccup last year, um, you know, both sides of my, my creativity. But lately I have been wondering if maybe at one point it might be time to go back and, and do things for myself. And so that, that bug's been kind of itching, or that, that, that thing's been itching for a little while. And so I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it, but I think I need to, um, I need to, to think about it a little more and, and really kind of figure things out before I make that kind of jump, you know, because when I was single, it's easy to make decisions like that, you know? Right. But when you have a wife who likes living indoors and uh, a son who likes to eat, you know, <laughs> it's a little tough to make those kinds of decisions, man. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I get been thinking about it, though. That's totally understandable. So, uh, since you've been doing this for so long, and I see your work on here, and what what's some advice you give people that want to start branching out and becoming a... Or I'm sure you get asked all the time because you, you do have quite a bit of following to you. So what are some of the main questions that you get asked about how you've accomplished so much this far? Okay, yeah, okay. So let's let's go through the list quickly. <laughs> the first one is the, the most vague one, right? It, it, they just throw, a, they just throw a, 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 this fastball at me, but it's really the, um, the general one is, how do I get to doing what you're doing? You know, and 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 the the answer to that is not easily. You know, it, it's never being creative is not it's not an easy thing to be and to do. You know, because where some people have a job, they do the job and then they finish the job at the end of the day and then they're done. But just because you stop being creative at five o'clock or six o'clock doesn't mean you stop being that creative person after hours. You know, you you're you constantly have ideas going in your head. You constantly have, it's like having, you know, 20, 25 browser windows open on your computer. You know, it's constantly like that for, for me anyway. And so when I get the question of how do I get to where you are, it's, it, it's always the same thing, man. It's practice. You got to keep doing what you're doing, whatever it is that you want to do. You got to get good at it and, and you got to be able to, to, to get faster and to maintain the, the, the same level of quality, if not better. So whether it's design, whether it's illustration, you also have to realize that no matter what, no matter how good you may be or how great you think you might be, there's always going to be 10 people better than you all the time. And that's just, that's just something I learned in high school. You know, when, when I was in junior high, I, 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 I was drawing, you know, comic book characters and, and, and cartoon characters and stuff like that. And people would say, my God, that looks like what you see on TV, you know? And so, you know, your ego gets inflated a little bit. And then I got to high school and I got to my animation class and I realized that there was people much, much better than me. And I had to get over that fast. Same thing happened in college. You know, it just got the, 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 the pool got bigger and bigger and you became a smaller and smaller fish. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. If anything, it, it helps you to, to learn how to swim, how to swim faster, how to swim deeper and to be able to uh, not, not compete. But, but to be able to be on the same level as your, 
as your colleague. So um, I hope that makes sense. Um, it did I think make one sense. One of the other questions, I okay, mm-hmm. I think one of the questions that I get is about software. There's always questions about software. They're always talking about, you know, what software do you use? Do you use Adobe software? Do you use Procreate? Do you, or do you have an uh, an iPad Pro? Do you, you know? Do you have an iMac? And you know, what do you have? It's it's always about software. And I guess I'm I'm old enough that I still draw with a pencil and paper. I still bust out a sketchbook. And yeah, I have tools, I have digital tools, but for me it always comes down to sketching on paper. So whenever an idea comes along or I have a client who says, this is this is what we need, you know, can you get started? Uh, my, my inclination is always to go to my sketchbook and just start doodling. You know, and this is after I, I, I kind of let the idea simmer in my head for, for a few days. But once I get to drawing, you know, that's where the ideas really start to take form and shape. But it doesn't mean that I don't use digital tools. It just means that I don't depend on them 100%. Because let's be honest, I mean, you know, nothing's going to beat a pencil and paper. You don't need to upgrade software. You don't need to, you know, the lights go out. You know, as long as you have a candle nearby, you can still draw. You can still do what needs to get done. Ideas can still start to flow onto a piece of paper. So software isn't necessarily uh, um, the answer to your creative questions. They're just tools. And if you use them as they're supposed to be used, you realize that the creativity doesn't come from software. It comes from you. And you have to be able to take your ideas and flush them out, develop them, you know, be able to show them to people and take criticism. You can't be thick, you can't be soft uh, or thin-skinned, I'm sorry, because you're always going to have ideas. They're not just, they're just not always going to be great. You know, they're, sometimes they're going to need work. Sometimes they just flat out suck. You know, I, I, I tell kids all the time that come to me with, with ideas is that they, you know, sometimes you're not, no matter how hard you dream, there's just some things that are going to be out of your reach. And so sometimes you have to be realistic and rethink your, rethink your place in, in the creative world. So, um, and that kind of uh, transitions into the, the, the last question, which is, you know, it's been so long, I've been doing this for five, six years, and I'm still not where I want to be. Yeah, welcome to the club. That, that's the way it is, man. That's, no, matter, no matter how hard you're working, you know, you've got to realize that the, the, the real work is being able to persevere and to be tenacious. Uh, because if you can't do that, if you can't be that, then you shouldn't be doing this. You know, being creative is, is tough. It sucks sometimes, you know. Uh, sometimes you can't get your ideas out uh, the way that you see them in your head, you know. But you got to be okay with finishing up and moving on to the next thing. You know, it's not always about getting it perfect. It's just about getting it done and starting a new, a new one and, and, and trying your hardest to get it better the next time. Um, I'm not always 100% satisfied with what I do. It's just the simple fact. I don't think any creative is always 100% happy with their output, but that's just part of being creative. We're, we're our own worst critics. So if you're in this five, six years, maybe more, um, if you really want this, you're going to have to wait another five years and you got to get better. You better be better by the end of 10 years if you really want to do this, you know? Yeah, that, that, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, I don't draw and I don't do illustration, but as far as photography and the things that I do, 
I'm constantly, constantly, constantly thinking like, oh, I should just change this just a little bit more. Oh, I should just try to do yeah. this, you know. Uh, and then I realize, and then I'll post something. Like, there have been tons of times I posted stuff that I wasn't even 100% sold of on myself. And everybody's like, oh, oh yeah. this is amazing. This is, And I just think to myself, like, yeah, but at the same time, it could have been this way. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how, how much I relate to that, man. I, there'll be times that I work on something, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, people are going to love this. You know, like, I love it. it uh, it's exactly the way that I wanted it to come out. Perfect, right? Then you show it, share it to people, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And because nowadays, it's, it's a simple it's a simple thing of just liking something, you know? It's almost, it's almost the most honest way to get, to get feedback on something is whether or not they, they, they double tap, you know, the image on Instagram. So, you know, where it's something would get like over a thousand, maybe 2000 likes that I barely worked on that I just put out because I thought it would be fun to, to stretch my, my muscles out that day, you know, that'll get 2000 likes. And then the one thing that I actually spent good time on it and good thought, you know, that'll get like, you know, not even a third of that. It's just, it's just the way it goes, man. You know, you got That's why, that's why I tell people, you know, I just recently had a friend tell me that he's like, I don't know, I'm working on this and I don't, I, I keep toying with it. I keep messing with it, you know, and I tell him, I think it's time to stop. And he, and he basically says something like, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know when to stop. And I remember something that a, a design teacher, uh, uh, taught me. He said, the moment that you start to second guess every little thing about what you're doing, that's the moment you stop. And that's the moment you 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 end it and move on and do something else. That's and, pretty, and that was pretty hard. good advice. Yeah, and that was really hard to kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow because it's hard for us creative people to just stop doing what we're doing. You know, it's almost like you said, you know, you keep toying with this, doing this thing, this thing, that thing, and you, and you want it to be perfect, but sometimes things aren't meant to be. You know, it's just it's just about getting it done. <laughs> and how has it been uh, since you've been doing this for a long time? How has it been actually going from portfolios and going to you know Office Depot and Staples and printing out stuff to actually like getting judged uh, with your stuff online more and more? How has that affected your creativity and how you create uh, art? Yeah, you know, that, yeah, I, you know, I haven't thought of that in a long time because I. I, I'm old enough to have been around when you had to put together an actual portfolio, like a, you know, something you could hold in your hands, and 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 now it's different. You know, it's it's absolutely different. I've gotten more work through sharing things on Instagram, for example, or Facebook, than I ever did before those things existed. Before those things existed, I had to go to, I had to meet a client. And, you know, at a Starbucks or whatever, and I have to bring, you know, actual um, printed out work. Tangible copies at, of something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was constantly at Office Depot or whatever places nearby that I can make copies, color copies of my work, and I would put it into plastic sleeves in my in my leather bound, you know, portfolio, and, and I would take it to a studio and drop it off. So, you know, what I ended up finding out one time when I was... Uh, when I was sharing my stuff at Disney was that there's two at the time, I don't know if it's like this anymore, but at the time there was two levels of portfolio review. 
So there was the actual portfolio review where someone would get a portfolio and look through it and decide whether or not this was someone they were going to give a call to. And then there was the, the, the initial portfolio review, the one where the people who aren't even like the art directors or the creative directors, these are just the people who look at the portfolio, scan them quickly, and then put them aside because these are not the ones that are going to get moved down to the actual portfolio review. Dang. So I ended up I ended up going through that uh, with Disney. I didn't even make it through the first through the first um, portfolio review. I, I, it just wasn't good enough, you know. And and they're Disney, of course. You know, they're they're not going to waste their time looking at every single portfolio. It made absolute sense. But if anything, that that's what made it a lot uh, more um, satisfying when years later I would be doing freelance work for Disney. And 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 uh, right. how do you but, like you know, them apples? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's nice. It, it was like being. It was like being. You know, asking a girl out and, and, and her saying no to you, and then later on she asked you out. You know. Yeah. So. Um, but nowadays, it's it's very it's very different because nowadays you can just show your work online, and not only are um, regular people looking at it, but you also have art directors and creative directors, you know, looking through, sifting through all kinds of images on, on Instagram. And uh, some, I wouldn't say that it's better. I I just I just I just think it's a little more efficient, if that makes sense. I think people should still put together a portfolio. And they should still have a digital version of that portfolio online. But I think that things are so different now that you 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 can kind of get away with just showing things online every now and again. And if it's really good, getting the attention of an important person at a, at a at a studio or you know at a publisher, you know whatever it may be. The the idea is that you got to be able to at the end of the day. Uh, maintain a deadline and uh, output, you know, quality work because this is an Instagram, you know, it's a real world and you gotta, you gotta be able to give quality work to your, to your art director, your point person and, and be able to be on time, you know, it's yeah. not, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a serious thing, but uh, it, is, it is, it is, it is interesting to be around to see how the internet has, uh, you know, affected the creative, the creative world because it's not only does it give everybody an avenue in order to share their work online, right? But it also gives everyone else a chance to find talent that you would have never found if not for the internet. You know, before you'd have to go to like a comic con or, or, or a special event where, you know, creative people would be at. But nowadays you can always find something online. You can always find amazing talent online. That's what's so that's one of the positive things of the internet. So what are some things that, people. that totally makes sense. What, sorry to interrupt. So what are some things that you would no. give advice to people that want to grow more or get their stuff out there more, Instagram or Twitter, or like, uh, do you have a Behance? Do you have like a LinkedIn? Like how, how can somebody just starting out that's, that's kind of like uh, starting to put their self out there more online? Like what are some things that you do that, to have gotten the following that you've gotten. Okay, yeah, I, I think that one of the things that uh, one of the things that I noticed about um, where I am now and what attributed to that was the fact that I, I was consistent. So I would share things 
on Instagram on a consistent basis, and now I'm trying to get better at doing like IG live, right? I, I, I'm not a kind of person that likes to be on camera. I prefer conversations, but um, to be on camera, just basically you're talking to yourself. Um, it, it makes it really difficult, you know, but I think that one, one thing that really goes a long way when you're, when you're sharing things online, and, and I think that not only should you have an Instagram, but should also, you know, put your stuff on Behance, you know, get yourself a website, whether you go with someone like Squarespace or, you know, you, you, you put together a, Word, a WordPress website, you know, have, have digital tools that are facing outwards with your work, you know, whatever it may be. And with, with Instagram, it's just a matter of, you know, being consistent, share, share a drawing a day, you know, try to keep that going, whatever it may be. Um, you know, don't just share something just for the sake of sharing it, you know, share it because you, you actually want to share it and, and, and you think it's something that people might enjoy seeing. Most times people can tell whether you're, you're passionate about what you're doing. I think that once they see that you're passionate about what, what you're doing, they, they, they really start to connect with you on a certain way, in a certain way. And you can kind of tell by the comments that they leave, you know. Like sometimes people will say, like, oh, I really like this, but um, I really enjoy that, you know, you, you answer every comment, you know. And I wouldn't have known that unless they would have told me that. So that, that feedback really helps to kind of go, oh, okay. Like, it, no matter no matter how, how trivial it may seem to you, um, it's important to answer everybody. You know, they took the time to comment on your work. You should do the same and say thank you, even if it's just a, a quick thanks, you know. Um, but I think that what's important uh, is that you stay consistent, um, get better, no matter what. I mean, that's just something that we all have to do. we got to keep doing what we're doing and do it as, 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 as best as we can because it's never going to end. We're, we're never going to be 100% uh, uh, what we want to be, but that's the journey, man. That's what you got to do, so... Um, that, that's basically my advice in that respect is, you know, keep, keep working hard, keep practicing. There's, there's, there's never enough practice. You can never practice enough. It's never going to end. You got to keep going, keep sharing, put your stuff on, on Behance, put your stuff, uh, on your website, you know, get yourself a, a, a dribble account. If you can, if you can, um, uh, if you can get an invitation to, to do dribble, um, that's always a, a good place to find, to find talent. But, but never forget that really all you need is pencil and paper at the end of the day. You, 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 you can, you definitely, it doesn't hurt to have digital tools, but I always stress to people, as long as you have a pencil and paper and you're passionate about what you're doing and you do it consistently, whether you're doing fan art, whether you're sharing your original characters, your stories, just do it as genuinely as possible and be as, as, as nice and as humble as you can be because no matter how good you are, there's always going to be 10 people better than you. If you're an asshole, that other person's going to get hired. It's always like that. I've run into so many people who are super and incredibly talented people, but they're just giant dicks. <laughs> and, 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 you know, some, they, you know, people know them and know their work. And as soon as they see the work, oh my God, it's this person, or it's, you know, this guy, this gal, whatever, whoever it may be. But I've, sometimes I've met them and I realize they're not the nicest people to their fans. And sometimes their ego gets in the way. And, and that's one thing I, I, had, I stress a lot is just be nice. 
be nice, be kind to people, no matter who they are. Because if they're willing to pick up a print from your online store and pay the shipping, especially if they're like international, you know, sometimes they're paying like sixteen, twenty dollars to get your print. Like, be nice. Send them a little note in, in the tube or um, in the shipment that you're sending out to them. You know, let them know that you really appreciate them, them spending their hard-earned dollars on on a print that you made. You know. That that's really great advice, Dennis. Honestly, um, thank you for sharing all that with everyone. Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy to do it. I um I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. Well, uh, thanks for wanting to come on. But lastly, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me. I think the best place to, to find me is on Instagram. And from there, you can kind of see where, where, other, where, where what other places I'm at. Um, and you can find me on Instagram as Tanoshi Boy, and that's spelled T-A-N-O-S-H-I-B-O-Y, Tanoshi Boy. Um, there you can find some of the stuff that I've been working on recently. Uh, sometimes I share client work, sometimes I don't because I'm under NDA. Uh, but a lot of the projects that you'll see there, some are just for fun, some are because... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on something special, but I'm always looking for feedback. I'm always looking to see like, what people connect with. So I would say Instagram is probably the best place to find me. All right. So that's one more time. Tanoshi Boy, T-A-N-O-S-H-I-B-O-Y. Um, that's Dennis, right. just want to say thank you again so much for, for reaching out and for wanting to share your story. Um, hopefully people that listen to this could gather some things of, from what you said. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking. Oh, my big uh, thanks to you, Jonathan. I really appreciate you being willing to connect with me, and uh, I'm glad you were able to do it. I hope this helps, uh, you know, I hope this helps people in some way, you know. Just life experience always makes a big difference, you know. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Well, all right, Dennis, thank you. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of the day. You too, Pat. All right. Bye. And that was Dennis Salvatier. You could catch him on Instagram at Tenoshi Boy. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, I know I learned some stuff, and I hope you did too. I'll see you in the next episode.